Welcome to Future of Journalism, a podcast from the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism. My name is Rasmus Nilsson. As the second coronavirus wave hits many countries, it's a good moment to reflect on the many ways this unique year is changing news organizations around the world. For example, will remote working go away once the pandemic is over? Or is it making publishers consider reducing office space? How are news organizations tackling issues related to equity and inclusion? And which kinds of talent do they find it difficult to recruit and retain? These are important questions for every publisher around the world, and we explore them in Changing Newsrooms 2020, a new report that we published a few days ago. Our guest today is Federica Carabini, lead author of the report. Federica is head of leadership development here at the Reuters Institute, and previously she has worked for the World Association of News Publishers, for Harkin, and for Condé Nast. Federica, welcome, and thank you for being with us today. Thank you. I want to talk first about diversity. Uh, it's clear that news organizations have often been criticized for not being particularly diverse in their staff, in particular at the senior levels. And for the report, you asked news leaders how they felt they were doing on diversity in the organizations and what, if anything, they're doing to address the lack of diversity. What did they say in response? Well, as we know, the issues of diversity, inclusion, and structural inequalities across society gained a global prominence this year, um, especially in the wake of the George Floyd killing and the Black Lives Matter movement. And the news industry, too, has been pushed to face its own inequalities, both in terms of internal makeup of the newsrooms and in terms of how it covers the news and who it chooses to represent. And when we ask newsroom leaders how they felt the organization were doing in regards to diversity, a clear majority of our respondents, 80%, said that they believed the organization were doing a good job when it comes to gender diversity. Then the figure drops to 45% for political diversity and to 43% for ethnic diversity. And it drops again to 40% of respondents said the organization is doing a good job with diversity from less advantaged backgrounds. Improving ethnic diversity has also been indicated as the biggest diversity priority for the year ahead by 43 of our respondents, followed by 18% indicating gender diversity. We also look at diversity across different levels of seniority within news organization, and there our respondents generally think that progress has been made at a more junior level, um, where the overwhelming majority of our respondents, 84%, indicated that they feel confident the organization are doing a job with the junior staff and to a lesser degree with mid-level staff. Um, but a different picture um, is when we look at the most senior tier, with just 37% of survey respondents believe they are doing a good job at a senior level of their organization. And this feeling is indeed supported by findings of some of our previous research that highlighted the lack of diversity at senior level, both around gender and ethnicity. Um, just to cite one, earlier this year, some of my colleagues looked at a sample of 200 major news outlets in 10 different markets and found that only 23% of the top editors were women. And when they look at ethnic diversity across a sample of 100 major news outlets in five markets in countries like Brazil, Germany, South Africa, the UK and the US, they found that only 18% of the top editors were non-white, although across the countries covered, an average of 41% of the population is not white. Of course, the question we discussed focused on our perception and self-rating. So in the survey, we also look at what newsrooms are actually doing to address the lack of diversity. And 
to drive change, a first fundamental step is to gather performance data um, related to be able to measure progress. Um, so we asked respondents whether their organization were collecting and monitoring data around the internal diversity of staff. And we found that that is indeed happening now with 64% of respondents saying that their organization gather data about diversity of staff and 53% gathers data about diversity of leadership. Diversity, as we mentioned, is also reflected in the sources, contributors, interviews that a newsroom selects and chooses to, um, to portray. And there, 41% of survey respondents at the organization now collect such data. Step further, even in terms of enacting change, 46% um, of respondents in our survey said they have someone formally in charge of diversity and equity and inclusion practices, but only 36% say they have a budget for internal diversity. I just want to highlight that despite the increased focus on diversity in many countries and in many newsrooms, still 22% of industry leaders we surveyed say their organizations undertake none of these initiatives we discussed. And I think we should remember that diversity shouldn't just be a box ticking exercise and should be the result of a genuine effort to be inclusive, both internally and in the content choices. Before we turn to some of the other themes that you cover in the report, I want to read you something from Twitter from Adam Thomas, who is the director of the European Journalism Center, who responded to the numbers that you just shared from the report on gender diversity by writing, the numbers here should be deeply troubling to anyone working in the news industry. 80% doing a good job on gender diversity, 84% doing a good job at the junior level. We are vastly overestimating our own competence and progress in areas of diversity, equity, and inclusion. What do you, what do you think of Adam's observation there? I mean, I think that's definitely um, an issue on how um, newsrooms perceive they are advancing on some of these topics. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, never, um, it's, it's never enough what we're doing. It's, it's not enough. Um, I think this might be maybe in some cases a result of um, the fact that some of these um, issues like gender diversity has been discussed and has been front of mind, at least in some countries, for a bit longer. Uh, and so there might be a perception that some improvement have been made compared to the past, um, although this might not mean at all that we have reached um, any um, uh, successful uh, balance in, in, in these figures. We obviously see um, the fact that we can have many different challenges at the same time very clearly in discussions around diversity, where, as you uh, just explained, we're having conversations around gender, but also importantly around ethnicity, uh, class, and political observations at the same time. Um, of course, publishers and, and editors and news leaders um, trying to confront these problems right now are doing it as they are also having to adapt to the impact of the coronavirus crisis um, on society in terms of their reporting, but also on the sustainability of their own business, um, and very practically in terms of how uh, newsrooms themselves operate. In your research, how did the digital news leaders that you surveyed describe the impact of remote work um, and their thoughts on the future? As you mentioned, of course, the deep disruption the pandemic has created in people's life has also happened for journalists and news organizations with probably one of the most visible impacts is um, their ability or not ability to rely on the physical newsroom. 
almost overnight in some countries, big and small organizations alike have had to rethink their workflows, their day-to-day -day production, had to learn to rely on digital communication tools like Zoom and Slack for everything and keep everything running. Um, the effects of this have been felt. And when we ask newsroom leaders what impact this transformation had on the newsroom and workflows, the majority of the respondents, so 55%, um, said that they believe that remote working has made it more efficient, uh, but they also feel that social interaction and team spirit has suffered, um, has, has um, creativity to a lesser degree. Um, so, and, and crucially, I think this is, this is very important, more than three quarters of the respondents say that remote working has made it harder to build and maintain relationship in a team. News executives uh, worried about the perceived lack of creativity and ability to be spontaneous, given the lack of those non-planned conversations that can happen every day in the office. Um, and survey respondents worry about people's well-being and the mental health of staff due to the longer hours, the over always mentioned Zoom fatigue, um, and for the lack of the clear demarcation between personal space and workplace space, personal time and work time. They also worry about the staff working setup um, or working from home setup, with many highlighted that situation can vary significantly and often younger staff as a less comfortable um, working from home situation that can lead to difficulties in being product productive and effective in, in their job. They, of course, worry about the physical health of staff having to report on the ground. They have to um, rethink about what kind of access to technology and tools, to IT security um, and software the, the staff has. And let's not forget, and in some countries and some geographical areas, this is worsened by unreliable power and internet connectivity problems. I guess one of the themes that we've seen highlighted the most is around communication and to the less operational yet crucially equal aspect of a shaping of a newsroom culture. Several of our survey respondents are worried about morale and team cohesion. They mention onboarding and training new colleagues uh, as being more difficult in remote settings. And I think what is most interesting is that what emerged from these comments is a sense that successful leadership require a more conscious and proactive effort for managers. I think a more intentional leadership, if you will, they need to communicate more to keep everyone aligned. They need to maintain a sense of organizational cohesion and team unity by making sure that all voices are heard, not just the ones that are more comfortable with speaking or not speaking in a video call. They need to be able to identify teammates in need of help and support. But also, I think at the same time, we shouldn't forget that some of these disruptions are also an opportunity to accelerate transformation processes that are already underway. And so this is also an opportunity to reimagine workflows. And some, as one editor from a traditional print organization, um, for example, said, um, this is also a moment to break all habits and push the company towards a much needed modernization and digitalization. Is this the end of newsrooms as we know them? Um, well, few people wish to return to how things were before the coronavirus crisis. And when asked about their personal views on the matter, 54% of our respondents said that they would like to go back to the office a bit less often than before coronavirus. And 21% said that they would like to go back to the office far less often. However, still 25% said that they would like to go back as often as before. 
In the aftermath of the pandemic, it is clear that newsrooms are rapidly advancing plans to change the physical footprint, with almost half of our respondent saying that the organization is actively looking at plans to downsize the office space. However, this won't be the end of newsrooms. Um, I think a new model of a hybrid newsroom with some staff in the office, some staff working from home, some on the go on reporting trips, is likely to be a lasting legacy of the coronavirus crisis. Of course, such a model could offer benefits, including reduced cost and increased flexibility also around hiring and not having to rely um, to hire um, people in big metropolitan cities where often some of these um, news organizations are based and therefore hopefully increasing diversity through that. Um, and of course, will require also extensive planning and it could be difficult to get right, uh, news leaders said in our survey, when it comes to getting the right balance between the communication between people in the office and from home uh, and making it all work um, harmoniously. Well, you didn't survey me, um, so I won't comment on whether remote work has made me more creative or less creative, but here I am, another white guy with a podcast. Um, well before the crisis, um, it's been clear that newsrooms uh, need editorial talent, uh, and you just described some of the challenges but also opportunities that they face in terms of how they're working remotely now, but also, of course, many other kinds of talent uh, that are essential as they adapt, survive, and sometimes even thrive in a more digital, mobile, and platform-dominated media environment. Um, I think the pandemic for many of us has been a forceful reminder of how important independent news media are. But what does your research say about whether they are able to attract and retain the different kinds of talent that they need to succeed? When we asked how confident they were in their organization's ability to attract and retain the talent they need, um, news leaders in our survey express some confidence in being able to do so in editorial areas. But the level of confidence in attracting talent is much, much lower across key areas like product, audience and design, with only 23% saying they are confident, data and insights, or technology areas. Um, and Amongst the reason they've worried about, um, you know, being able to, to attract and, and retain and nurture the, the right talent, they often mention that the news industry is not really perceived as an attractive industry. Challenges mentioned are around being able to offer competitive salaries compared to what other industries can offer, especially to those type of talents that are really required and, and requested by, by, other, by other areas. Also, the awareness that the speed of change within some news organization is slow and therefore, again, less attractive for that kind of talent. Um, and, you know, of course, the coronavirus crisis has made this challenge, as, as the one we, we, we mentioned before, just more acute. And, and in some cases, um, newsroom leaders are already confronting with um, reduced budgets and, and cuts. And so being able to pursue some of these um some of these priorities uh and it's is is it's challenging and even made more challenging thank you federica that was a really uh, interesting summary of the findings from this survey of more than a hundred different leaders in digital news from uh, across the world um consciousness of challenges around diversity um across many different fronts, uh, even as uh, more than a fifth say that their own organization don't currently have any initiatives to address diversity challenges. 
um, a sense of greater efficiency perhaps with remote work, but also concerns around creativity and team spirit. And finally, uh, some very real challenges around attracting and retaining some key forms of talent that news organizations arguably need to succeed in this uh, environment. So thank you, Federica, for coming on the Future of Journalism to share um, these findings. Thank you for having me. Our guest today was Federica Carabini, the Head of Leadership Development at the Reuters Institute and lead author of our recent report, Changing Newsrooms 2020. You can find the report on our website. Make sure to follow our podcast channel on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you don't miss the next episode. And if you don't want to miss any news from the Institute, subscribe to our weekly newsletter by clicking the link on our Twitter bio or on our homepage. Thank you for listening to Future of Journalism. I'm Rasmus Nielsen. We'll be back soon. Thank you.